you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. Good morning, Lifeway. Let's go ahead and pray and get into the Word this morning. Father, thank you again for another opportunity to come into your presence and be affected by your presence. Father, we are students of your Word and filled with the Holy Spirit and led as He is our teacher. He leads us into the truth to show us how to change and to to purpose to do your will this year. Thank you, Father, for helping us understand what it means to live a life of selflessness. Show us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Proverbs chapter 21. Listen, we're on a series, the third week of this series. It's called Selfless. Selfless. We're living in a time where selfishness is rampant, where everyone wants their will and it's evident. We're, um, you, you know, at the first of the year, we want to change ourselves. We want to do better. We want to earn more. Just like the little video was, you know, it's all about me. Me, me, me. I, I, I. Me and I. And so we need to switch gears. The Lord has directed us to switch gears this year. And, and, and instead of looking inward, let's begin to look outward. Let's see who's around us and see how we can affect the lives of other people, right? I think that's the best thing that we can do for His purpose in our life is to learn how to be more selfless than more selfish, right? I have to begin this morning before we get to uh, Proverbs 21 with a little story about myself. Um, I was eight years old before my brother was born. How many uh, older siblings do we have in the room? First born. And uh, I don't know when your sibling was born after you or even if you had a sibling born after you, but, um, you know, it was eight years. And so I never had to share anything for eight years. The word share was foreign to me until my little brother arrived on the scene. And some, some of you are laughing, so you understand that I learned how to be selfish. This is my stuff. Don't mess with my stuff. Little kids learn that. My stuff. I don't want to share. Why do I have to share? But see, it's, it's, we're born into this world where uh, we take. You know, because we're born... This earth, in case you haven't noticed, there's, there's sin on the earth. <laughs> and, and it becomes evident. You know, when you, when you go up to the, the line in the grocery store and, you, you know, you almost have to fight to get in line at the grocery store. Or, you know, why, why did they ever make two lanes in the drive through fast food restaurants? You know, so we can put more people and not, two lanes is not good enough, so we're, we're, we're edging each other out. It's, it's all about how, how quick we can get our stuff, how fast we can move, how much we can get, you know, isn't it? I mean, we're, co- we're conditioned to think of us first. I mean, I grew up in a family. We weren't poor, but we just didn't talk about money. Because if, if money was a challenge and we don't talk about it, then the less we know, the better we are. That was the mentality. I'm going to get into that in a few minutes about the different 
mentalities about generosity. But, um, you know, wherever we saw the sign free, we, we dove in and, and took two bags full. You know, what, whatever we saw that was free, we would, we would take. Not only take my portion, but take somebody else's portion. That's, that's how I grew up. And so it affects you. It affects you. At a young age, it affects you. The environment that you grow, grow up under. Either it's generous or scarcity. The scarcity mentality. I remember my grandmother. She would get on to me for leaving the lights on in the, in the room. When you leave the room, turn the lights off. I, and she would remind me. I grew up in the Depression. Some of you are laughing because you've heard that too. I, I grew up in the Depression. I'm like, what do you want, an award or something? You know, but it affects your mentality. And we have to realize that, guys, that we're all walking around in skin. You know, we all have flesh. We all have a background. We were all brought up in a certain way, and it affects us. But I'm telling you, God wants us to be selfless, and part of dealing with selfishness is, is getting down to this, this word called generosity and seeing just how much. This is, this is a, a brave prayer to pray. Lord, how generous am I? How giving, how much of a giver am I? And so I want us to read Proverbs chapter 21, verse 26, with this in mind, with this. How generous am I? Proverbs 21, 26 in the ESV version says, All day long the lazy and selfish craves and crave, but the righteous give and does not hold back. So there are many verses in the Proverbs that are contrasting and comparing one against the other. And this verse com, uh, contrasts and compares the, 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 the ones that are self-centered and holding on to things and craving after things. And then this other person that is righteous or right-hearted before God that wants to do right. And they give and they give and they hold nothing back and so at the beginning of the message I want us to, to, to have that in mind and, and ask ourselves during this whole message where am I on this continuum on this scale am I more generous or am I just stingy you know God wants to break us free from being selfish and move us over to the land of being selfless Generous. How many of us could be, uh, would say, would dare to say, we want to be more generous in 2019? I want to be more generous. I want people to see me and, and say, wow, there's a generous guy. He's always giving. He would give the shirt off of his back. One sure way to check your level of selflessness is, is to try to remember the last time you gave something and it made you tremble down to your very bone. Has God ever dared you to give something so big that it made you tremble? Made you shake? It, it, it was like, really? You want me to do what? Can you imagine God asking you to do something so awesome to give all that you had? 
selflessness is directly tied to the generosity factor in our life. This idea of selflessness is tied to this generosity factor. So there's no way that we can talk about being selfless without talking about our generosity. And what I've seen from the Word of God, there's, there's basically three mindsets about generosity. The first mindset we can label, uh, if you're taking notes, I've failed to mention, if, you're, if you have a device and you, want to, and you want to see the notes, or you want to take notes on your electronic device, go to lifeway.church forward slash one dash two zero dash one nine. That's today's date. And you'll find the notes there up on the screen. But the first mindset that we see from the Word of God is the bag mindset. By the bag, the bag mindset, the bag mindset is there's never enough. There's never enough. And again, I, I grew up this way so I can identify with this bag mindset. You know, like I said before, we weren't poor, but I just knew it was not right to ask for anything. Don't ask for anything. Just be grateful. Be grateful you got something. But don't ask for anything. Because most of the time you're going to get turned down. And there's no reason why you're getting turned down. It's just because. Right? <laughs> and that, that, that really deals with your mind. It, it, it compresses your mind in. So I can't ask for anything. It's fear-based. Right? Children should not be afraid to ask. But parents need to do a good, good uh, job of communicating. If it's not there, then it's not there to buy at this time. At this time. Train your children up, love them, and teach them how generous God is, but explain to them if you're dealing with a, a, a tight situation, right? And there's times in our life where, where it's tighter than others. But listen, parents, this is a good... Uh, a good piece of advice don't train your children to be small-minded thinking and tight and stingy stingy you know if you got two children uh, uh, one needs to share their toys with the other one right as parents you say no no you share look how many toys you have it's a good thing for children to share right am I talking to the right crew are you guys tracking with me okay I can feel some generosity going on here. So here's how this bag mentality sounds, if you're trying to identify if you, if you got some bag mentality. I would love to give more, but there's not enough. Or, you know, lately it's been coming, it's been going out as fast as it comes in. Or, you know what, I just can never seem to get ahead. Or, you know, there's always more month than there is money. But, you know, most people in the United States live this way. And we live in a prosperous culture in the United States. The people that are considered poor in our country have more than most of the world. It's amazing. But how many people in the United States live under this stingy 
bag mentality. And all their life, they try to do more and do more and do more to get ahead. And ahead never comes because of this bag mentality. Look at Haggai chapter 1 and verse 6. Haggai chapter 1 and verse 6. Now, this is a a prophecy given to the people of Israel. When God commanded Israel to rebuild the temple, and Israel ignored and actually rebelled against God's instruction to rebuild the temple because they were too busy taking care of themselves. And here's what the prophet Haggai said by the Spirit of the Lord. He said, you eat, but you don't have enough. You drink but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put it into a bag with holes. A bag with holes. A holy bag. Not a holy bag, but a bag with holes. Just whatever you put in runs out. If we've been living in a place where we've been put, putting our stuff in a bag with holes, it's time to close up that bag so that things quit running out. And God can change our mentality and move us away from this stingy, holy bag mentality where we don't have enough. And we're only trying to take care of ourselves. We get this entitlement mentality. Well, I'm doing the best that I can. And some, you know, if anybody deserves it, it must be me. Right? There was one guy that thought that he deserved it all, who carried a bag. I'm not going to take you there to uh, the scripture, but I'm just going to mention the story. You can study it later. It's in Mark chapter 14. It's also in John chapter 12. And it's also in Matthew chapter 26. But it was Judas who carried the bag. And uh, it was amazing to me that Jesus loved him so much that he still allowed Judas to carry the bag. And and he never did change that mentality that he he was going to take and take and take and take and not give. Even one day, there was a woman that came to worship Jesus with an alabaster box full of perfume and she loved Jesus and met Jesus and worshiped Jesus and her worship to Jesus was to take this perfume and bathe his feet with the perfume from this jar of uh, alabaster made out of alabaster and the disciples of Jesus were standing there watching this happen and already in their mind adding up the value of the oil that this woman was pouring on the feet of Jesus and they became indignant, especially Judas, because he was the one that said, what is going on here? Basically, I'm just paraphrasing it. After Judas saw this woman woman pouring out all that she had, she gave all that she had to Jesus, held nothing back, but Judas judging her, said, what is going on here? This is worth a year's wages. 
and you've just wasted it. Wasted it. You could have taken this oil, this perfumed oil, and sold it and given it to the poor. Now, what we miss, if you don't know the back story on that story, is that Judas was the one that was holding the bag full of the money that was supposed to be given to the poor. So, it directly affected his bag, what was going on there. And so he wrongly judged what was happening, and Jesus set it straight. But out of that encounter, you can find that people that have a tight grip on their bag have a fear of losing everything. There's, it's, it's fear-driven. This bag mentality is fear-driven. It will also cause you to compare yourself to others. And let me just tell you, there are others all during your life that have more than you do. But you may be giving more than they do. So it's wrong to compare what you have to what someone else has because the very moment that you compare what you have to what someone else has, is you're judging them and you're judging how they got what they got. Right? That's part of covetousness. To covet what other people have is to judge them and say, well, they don't deserve that. But I do. Right? This deals with this bag mentality. My, big, my bag's bigger than your bag. My car's better than yours. My house is better than your house. My job's better than yours. You compare and you compare and you compare. And listen, nobody nowhere compares with Jesus. Right? And if we, we truly worship Jesus, like the woman who worshiped Jesus with all she had, we'll get rid of this bag mentality. There's an antidote to bag mentality today. And it's to worship Jesus. Destroy this enemy of comparison in your life. Destroy this enemy of, of, of judge, judgment in your life. And get rid of this comparison and asking the question, did God really bless that person with all that they have? That's not for you to decide or determine. Right? Comparison... You can write this down. Comparison is an indication of covetousness. And it's part of this bag mindset. So then there's a second mindset that I find in the, in the Bible that's very evident. And it's the basket mindset. There's a bag. There's the basket. And then the third one is the barn mindset. The barn mindset. But the second mindset is the basket mindset. So we go from not enough, not enough, to just enough. We've got our basket. We've got our basket. If you look at Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 2, it says, All of these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. Then it says, Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. So God wants your basket to be blessed. But listen, your basket is for a certain purpose. 
people carried baskets of food from their source, the source where they gathered it, to their home to eat it. It was a certain amount, the basket. You see, the, uh, in 1 Kings chapter 17, the widow at Zarephath had a basket. And the prophet came to visit her. And he wanted something to eat. And he said, make me something to eat. And she said, well, um, I've gathered a few sticks because my basket is running out and we hardly don't have enough, but I've gathered a few sticks to, to uh, take the oil and the, and the meal or the, the flour to, and, and make a cake, bake this cake for me and my son and we're going to eat it and die. We barely have enough. So, too bad, so sad. But the prophet said, no, no, here's the deal with God. If you make me the cake, your oil and your flour, your basket full of flour will never run dry. And so the woman trusted. That's, that's a huge word with God. She trusted the prophet. The word that came through the prophet to the woman established a faith connection. The woman trusted God, did what the prophet said, and her oil and her basket of flour never ran dry. God is into filling up your basket, causing your basket to be full, causing you to have enough and then some. But we first must trust God and allow Him to be first place in our life. He wants to be first place in our life, and that includes everything that we have and everything that we do, all of our source, all of our supply. When we first trust God, then there's always a result. Always. There is a, 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 a downside to that as well. Because we think at times, we're guilty of thinking that because we did this, then we got this. And God doesn't want us to be tied to a formula. He wants us to be tied to Him. God is not a God of just results. The heart of the matter is always the heart of the matter. When we work formulas, we think that we've earned it. And so that is why a lot of generosity teaching has been labeled, I give to get. God never designed life for us to live in a formula. He wants more than what we've got, therefore he asks for everything we are. He wants us from the inside out not just what we can give him, but we need to give him our life. This, is a, this, is, this changes at the, the basket mentality. God has blessed me with just enough. No, no, no. God wants to bless you with more than enough. But we've, we've got to get past the point of living like we've earned it. We cannot earn the blessing of God. Even though we choose to obey, we choose to obey. 
but generosity is a condition of the heart. It's not a gimmick. Think about the boy with the basket. The boy was there. The disciples were there. Thousands of people needed to be fed. The, the, the disciples knew they had already located a boy with a lunch. The fish, the loaves. There, there was substance at that campsite. The disciples identified it. Jesus knew God's will in the matter. And so the boy was willing to give all that he had in his basket. Jesus took what was in the basket, offered it first to God, blessed it, and then began to multiply. So the multiplication comes as a result of the blessing, not as a result of a formula. Right? It's because Jesus is who he is that he does what he does. We're not looking for God's hand. We're looking for his heart. So this message of generosity and, and breaking this selfish spirit and selfish patterns off of our life begins with our heart. Right? To live more selfless in 2019 deals with our heart. So the, the, the third mindset that I see from the Word of God is the barn mindset, where there's always enough. See, we moved from not enough to just enough, and God wants to break us free from not enough and just enough and move us into a place of more than enough. That our barns, look at Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9 and 10 our barns would be filled to overflowing. Overflowing. If you want to see the greatness of God, just go look at some fruit trees. And just watch how, how God produces fruit through a fruit tree. And there's some that, that fall and that spoil. God is he, he's a God of abundance. There's always more than enough. God never just does it just to the end, just to the top. He always overflows. That's God's character. This is the way God wants us to live our lives here on this earth, even on this side of heaven. I believe God wants us to be the most generous people on the earth. And this year is your year for being generous. Extravagant generosity. Here's Proverbs chapter 3 and verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Or some versions say your first fruit. Honor the Lord. This is honorable to God. To give your first fruit. To worship Him with your first fruit. With the first fruits of all your crop. And then your barns will be filled to overflowing. So it's evident that God wants to be first in our lives. But again, it's a, it's a decision, it's a choice, it's, a, it's a, a decision of our heart. It reveals this generosity in our lives. Tithing comes into view in the scripture. Tithing is, is it, 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 here's what it means in the Greek, the first tense. 
Here's what it means in the Hebrew. The first tenth. Tithing, the tithe. Ten fingers, there's the tithe. Or the first, whichever, whichever side you're looking at. The first. God wants our first of the tenth. And so tithing is a principle that God has established that God lives by. He gave his first, firstborn son, Jesus. God gives us his best. And from his word, we see that he wants our best, not so that he can control us, but so that he can bless us. Our barns should be overflowing. But it takes faith to give our first. It takes faith to give the first lamb out of the ten. Most of us want to wait until all ten lambs are born before we give the first lamb. But God says for us to give the first lamb out of the ten. He wants our first so that he can bless the other nine. Right? And he asks us, test, test me, test me, and prove me. Malachi, in Malachi. Malachi chapter 3. In verse 6, I'll start reading in verse 6. He says, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you turned away from me for my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you. He wants, he wants our heart. And then he kind of plays this role reversal here. He's asking them because he hears their heart. And he says, but, but how... How have we turned from you, God? Will, will a mere mortal rob God? Then he answers for them before they even had a chance to ask the question. He said, yeah, you've robbed me. But and they say, well, how are we robbing you? And God says, in tithes and offering. And so God established the tithe not because he needed American dollars in heaven. He didn't establish the tithe because he needed the gold of the earth. Listen, the gold in heaven is so pure that it's transparent. You can find that in the Bible. God is not in the business of, of us paying homage to him with natural things. But Jesus said over in the Gospels that where our treasure is, is where our heart is. And so this is why God wants us to give to him. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, Jesus said, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will it be poured into your lap. With the same measure that you give, it will be given back to you. These are words of Jesus. These are words of, in red, written in red, if you have a red letter Bible. And so Jesus knew that when you what you keep is all you have. 
but what you give, God will multiply. Jesus understood that our generosity was a result of our selfless heart, and it brought a dividend or produced a crop. God is a wise farmer. When he sows a seed, he expects a harvest, right? And so it's not wrong for us to sow a seed and expect a harvest. It's wrong to believe or think that we did this ourselves. Because it's God's idea, it's God's heart that our barns overflow. That we move from a land of not enough through the land of just enough and into the land of more than enough. Right from the bag through the basket into the barn, overflowing barn. So the boy with the loaves and the fish, he gave all that he had and was blessed with more than what he gave. The boy that gave the loaves and the fish, it says in the Bible that he was sent home with 12 baskets of the fragments that they gathered together. But as I thought on that and as, as I was asking the Lord to show me a little bit more about that scripture... I believe the Lord said to me, the boy was not just blessed with the food that he took home to mama and his brothers and his cousins and his uncles and anybody that would, would sit down and eat with him. But he was blessed the rest of his life because of the impact of the miracle that happened. Changed that boy's life to experience the miracle that his gift brought to feed these thousands of people. You could not convince that young man, after he saw this and experienced this, that God was less than generous. You could not convince this man that God was out to keep us poor and make us humble because he saw such a generous God feed thousands of people off his fish dinner. And so... We look back to Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 26. It says, all day long, the lazy and the selfish crave and crave and crave, but the righteous give and do not hold anything back. Are you ready to experience this selfless life of extravagant generosity? Are you ready to see this year be the year that you give more than you ever have? And you look back and you think, wow, how did that happen? Are you ready for God to challenge you to start thinking outside of yourself, outside of your bag, outside of your basket, into a place where there's barn filled to overflowing so that you're giving to your left, to your right. You're looking for places to give. Can you imagine? Close your eyes right there where you are. Close your eyes and imagine you having more than you could ever use in a lifetime and God challenging you to give to things and places and ministries and people that you, you can't ever imagine more than you can imagine 
Let's let the Holy Spirit right now help us do a work in our mind, in our heart, to increase us in our generosity right now. Lord, you said in your word that you would do exceedingly abundantly above anything that we could ever ask or think according to that power that's at work within us. Now, Father, if that's your characteristic, that you want to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything that we could ever think or ask, we know that that's how you want to use us in this earth. Help us to see things like you see. Thank you for filling us with such a generosity, such a supernatural, radical, irrational generosity that it, that it surprises us. It causes us to shake and tremble. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, that you're moving us into this place of selflessness but we're not concerned about ourselves we're ready to receive and we're ready to distribute we're a clearing house a clearing house that as it comes in father it goes out we're praying lord show us make us a blessing so that we can go and be be a blessing thank you for this year, Father, helping us look beyond ourselves, break free from these wrong mentalities, Lord, stingy, inward. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to speak to us today. Show us how big God is. Expand our view of how generous God is. Father, we thank you that you gave first. By your grace, you gave Jesus. You gave your best, you gave your first. The lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. He, gave, he became your best gift. You gave your all for us. We're so grateful. We're so grateful, Father that we can see how generous you are through Jesus. As we're praying right now, everybody head bowed, every eye closed. If, if you're here or you're listening to my voice and you know you need to make a decision for Jesus today, you need to accept that gift from God that he freely gave to you. I want to ask you to make a decision. I want to ask you to pray a prayer. I'm going to lead you in that prayer in just a minute, but you need to know that Jesus came as a lamb, as God's gift to mankind to bring us in, into a relationship with God, to restore our fellowship and our relationship with God. You need to make a declaration, a dedication, confession, commitment, decision for Jesus this morning God loves you with an everlasting love Jesus was the sacrifice from the foundation of the world the best gift for man 
pray with me right now if, if that's you? Say, dear Lord, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. And I receive all that you have for me. And I give you my life. I choose Jesus today. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. up here you prayed that prayer right now you're reconciled to God you're brought back into fellowship you are reconnected with your father this is the greatest day of your life because you're fulfilling what God made you for listen the more I think about how God sent Jesus who left heaven who gave he, he gave up all that he had in heaven. He came and became flesh, endured the cross, became sin, gave his life for us. The more I see how generous God is. You could never convince me after knowing and seeing and experiencing Jesus to the, to the degree that I've experienced Jesus. You could never convince me that God is poor, <laughs> that God doesn't have enough, that God is wringing his hands and saying, I don't know how we're going to make the mortgage payment on heaven. God loves you. Go ahead and stand. Go ahead and stand where you are. Everybody say this with me. God loves me. Say, look at your neighbor and say, God loves you. Say this with me. God loves me. For who I am. Not what I can do. Father, let us see. Let us see your love. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. And remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.